The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Comcast. And a pleasant good evening, everybody. Jeff Joniak with you, along with my broadcast partner, the 85 Bear, Tom Thayer from Maui tonight. Tom, how are you? All good, I hope. And former Bears quarterback Jim Miller joining us from his Michigan home. Good evening, fellas. And welcome into Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score for Bears All Access. And we're pleased to start the evening off with uh, the Bears now second year running back. He's no longer a rookie. Uh, joined by Tariq Cohen, the running back and return specialist. Good to hear you tonight, Tariq. How are things going? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Doing great, doing great. Uh, off seasons go quickly, so how's yours going so far? Been going good. You know, I'm back in school, so I'm finishing that up. This is my last semester. Oh, okay. So you're going to try and finish up that degree, eh? North Carolina A&T? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How's it, how, does it feel weird being back in the classroom? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very different, you know. Uh, it's kind of the same, you know, like a meeting uh, in the NFL, but, you know, we're not talking about football, so it, there's a big difference in that. All right, we'll talk more about that. You're with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. Fellas, have, it, have at Tariq. Hey, Tariq, congratulations for being determined to go back and finish your education. I think that's a great compliment to you. But when you talk about football, you know, you're not a secret anymore in the NFL. And every defensive coordinator, every defensive personnel that's on the field is going to be aware when you get on the field. Is that the biggest compliment to last year, or is that the biggest challenge for you coming into this year? I feel like it's a little bit of both. You know, I take that as, uh, you know, respect that – and I'm being noticed now. Uh, that's one of the main things I wanted to do coming into the league was get the respect, you know, as a football player. And uh, I also take it as a challenge, you know, to get better because uh, I know I'm having to get better as a, as our defense is going to be against me because so, uh, they're going to know about me now. So I have to up my game a notch. Well, Tariq, Jim Miller here. Congratulations going back to, to school. And I guess what were your early thoughts when the when the season ended? Uh, as your rookie year, you know, d- taking a deep breath, you know, decompressing a little bit of what you just been through and all the things that you've learned through your first year in the NFL. Uh, it was a lot, you know, I just, first thing was like, uh, this is a long season. And, uh, cause you know, if that's the first thing I think all rookies, you know, think about from that jump, you know, the seasons are way longer in the NFL. So that was the first thing. And then I was just, I was automatically in, uh, you know, what can I, what could I have done better and just, uh, reflecting and just, seeing how everything went, and then just, you know, going back to the drawing board. Bears running back and return specialist Tariq Cohen with us here on Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. Uh, Tariq, uh, you had a couple of touchdowns, obviously, in the return game. You had touchdowns offensively. And do you think about those, or do you think of the ones that could have been as well? Because you certainly could have had uh, several more in your rookie season. Oh, I definitely think about the ones that could have been, you know. Just working on tiptoeing that line a little better. I feel like, you know, the cameras uh, from my college, it probably wasn't any cameras out there. So I probably had, would have had some call back in college, too. So I uh, got to get better at that, you know, keep those touchdowns on the board. 
Hey, Tariq, have you ever had a chance to study the inclusion of Tariq Hill in the Kansas City offense? Because when I look at the Kansas City offense, there's a lot of similarities to what the Bears offense will be with you and guys like Adam Shaheen and Jordan Howard and Mitchell Trubisky, obviously. But did you have you watched any of their offense to see how that could affect your future in the NFL? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, coming into when I was at the combine, uh, coaches would always ask me, you know, who would I compare myself to in the league? And I would always tell him, Tyreek Hill, I feel like I can do the same thing that he does in the Kansas City offense as, uh, you know, at the team I was going to. And now since we have their uh, the coach now, so I feel like uh, I got to live up to that. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, being the same type of playmaker. Well, it's interesting, Tariq, because you've handled yourself uh, so well. Uh, when you look at it. because, you know, much like Tyree Kill, he's been a sensation since he entered the league. You're a fan favorite in Chicago. I think your teammates realized what a playmaker you were going to be. But how do you how have you kept yourself grounded to focus on the task at hand of what you mentioned just to getting better? Because you obviously have plenty of room where, where you can get better and continue to grow to be even a better player uh, in the National Football League. I feel like uh, the reason I stay grounded is because I set such high goals for myself so when I, I might do something good, you know, I might have had a good season, but it still wasn't up to my standards. You know, I hold myself to a high standard. So I want to do way better than, than the season I just had. So I'm always looking, you know, to be better than I was. Hey, Tariq, with a long season, as you say, in your first year, because you really have no time after the combine to really just relax once you end that and you go through your, you know, pro day and you, you get interviewed by teams, you're back, you're just working. You're working the entire time all the way through the off season and into the regular season. Um, with that being said, at any point last season, did you stop thinking and you started reacting? Uh, no, I feel like I, I was pretty good. I was, uh, you know, beat up too bad from the season. So I felt like I was, I went in and uh, went in pretty good during the season, you know, uh, held up durability wise. And then I feel like the bye week came at a perfect time. I feel like it was uh, right in the middle of our season, so it was like a good little break to get everybody rejuvenated. Hey, going into the off season though, Tariq, do you feel that you got to change anything about yourself? Are you are you happy with your weight? Are you happy with your strength? Do you feel that you finished the season strong enough, or do you need to get stronger? What are what about the little details of your future that you know about yourself? What, how, is anything there going to change? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would like to get stronger. Uh, I weigh more than uh, I weigh coming out of college. I gained, like, 10 pounds. I was 175 coming out of college, and now I'm 185. I, th- I picked it up during the season uh, with eating three meals a day and stuff. But uh, I feel like I, I want to I see myself stronger, and then I want to get more uh, cut as in, like, body definition. So then when the cameras come on me when I'm running the ball, the arms will look a little more swole. <laughs> well, definitely your your workouts will certainly change as you're not preparing to to be drafted uh, this upcoming year. But uh, let me let me ask you this: in terms of getting pulled in different directions, because you know I remember having discussions with with Alex Brown and, and Lance Briggs uh, uh, about you saying, "Hey, you know, look at all the hats you're wearing as a rookie. You're you're a returner. You're a receiver. You're a running back. You're you're doing all these things." I'm sure all those coaches are kind of pulling you in different directions. How will you be able to better manage that when you're asked to, to wear so many hats now moving forward for the Chicago Bears? I feel like now I know, I know that it's expected. I feel like uh, when I first came to Chicago, I really didn't know how much I would be used or how much I would be looked upon. But now I know uh, what my things I have to do so I can go in there and uh, you know do a better, better job at really focusing and learning the whole offense instead of you know, trying to find just one role or, like, 
one little task. I know I have to look at the whole thing now. Bears running back and return specialist Tariq Cohen joining us here on Bears All Access. Just underway tonight with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller. Have you had any chance yet to even have a phone conversation with your offensive coaches and head coach Matt Nagy? Oh, yeah, I talked to my uh, position coach over the phone and uh, really got to touch base with him. I haven't talked to uh, the head coach, Matt Nagy, yet, but I'm also looking uh, looking forward to that. You know, I know he's a great guy. I've been hearing a lot about him uh, for some of the Chiefs players, and uh, I'm just really looking forward to uh, getting on this train and getting it moving. You know, Treek, after my first year of professional football, I went back to school to finish just like you are right now. Um, is Is it – it's kind of a weird question because the difficulty in getting ready for the combine, your future life in the NFL takes a lot of the physical toll on you. But when you're getting ready to finish school and you put that mental effort into it, is it is it almost equally as rewarding to finish college as it was to to what you accomplished your rookie year? Because, you know, Tariq, I, I think it's a, a great accomplishment for you to graduate, but I think it's a great message you send to every kid that comes behind you living the dream of NFL but education first. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I feel like uh, I would have to say it's it's, uh, it's second place uh, being drafted. You know, that was that's definitely number one. But uh, graduating would be would be second place. And I'm I really came back for my mom, and uh, she really wanted me to graduate, so that was the main reason I did it. And then also, you know, I just I just don't like not finishing something. I feel like I was so close, so you know, one semester it'd be easy and just get back there and just finish that up. Well, there you go. Keeping that promise to mom, that's great. What What are you studying, number one? And I guess if you weren't drafted, what What would uh, Tariq Cohen be doing if you weren't playing professional football? But what would you, what'd you major in? Uh, my major is sports science and fitness management. And uh, if, if I wasn't playing football, I'd probably be on the sidelines, you know, diagnosing injuries, seeing what's wrong with people, you know. <laughs> do you do that to your own teammates now? Uh, I try to. I try to do it from a distance, though. I listen to the trainers. And uh, I just like knowing what's up with the body, you know, and just figuring out how the body moves. And uh, I'm really big on, like, uh, what helps rehab what. On-the-job training. Hey, before we let you go, I, I just glanced at your Twitter today. I, I saw your picture on a – you're going to be in some kickball tournament in New Orleans in March, aren't you? Tyron Matthew and his buddies down in New Orleans. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Definitely got the uh, invite from Tyron Matthew, you know, to participate in this kickball uh, classic. And uh, I'm looking – Looking forward to going down to, you know, kicking a couple uh, kickballs out the park and just getting a whole lot of runs, probably steal some bases and stuff. <laughs> well, practice your home run trot, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. All right, Tariq. Hey, great. have a great off season. Enjoy some relaxing time. I know you're working hard at it as well. And, again, uh, continued success in the classroom. Get that degree and uh, make good on it. How about it? All right, thank you for having me. All right, Tariq Cohen, always, always entertaining. Uh, Jim Miller and Tom Thayer will talk more about it. And if you have any questions to ask us about our interview with Tariq Cohen, why don't you give us a call? 312-644-6767. We'll take some phone calls as well. After a break here on Bears All Access on Chicago's Sports Radio 670, The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over one million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak, welcome you back to Bears All Access. We just heard from Bears running back Tariq Cohen, joined by Tom Thayer and Jim Miller, my broadcast partners, uh, entertaining 100% of the time Tariq Cohen. Uh, He's uh, not shy, that's for certain, fellas. You know, um, 
You guys, I like the fact that he's gone back to school. I think that's the most impressive thing about Tariq Cohen up until this point because there were so many question marks about him coming out of college into the life of the NFL and would he be able to withstand the beating that is you're going to take at the multiple positions he plays. So I think he's a really level-headed guy. He's thinking in the right direction, um, you know, trying to satisfy the desires of your mother to have your – you know, your son graduate like that. So I, I'm as impressed by Tariq's desires off the field as I am his willingness on the field. Yeah, and I, I like uh, how you compared him to Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Tom, because, you know, both are small school guys. You know, I don't want to say they're, you know, Division Two or anything like that, but West Alabama was Tyreek Hill and then North Carolina A&T uh, for Tariq Cohen. And look at the impact that they had uh, their their first year. Because if you go back and, and you look at, at Tariq Cohen's numbers to Tariq Hill, granted Tariq Hill had more uh, touchdowns his, his rookie year, but I just think their impact was very similar in terms of the return game where you can get him on the field where Tyreek Hill had uh, six returns for touchdowns as a rookie. Cohen obviously was explosive in that area. Uh, you go back to Tyreek Hill uh, year one for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had 593 yards uh, receiving, almost similar uh, receptions. He had 61 receptions. Tariq Cohen. Granted, he's only a, a little over uh, 350 yards receiving, but 53 receptions from that standpoint. And now you start mixing in the uh, the rushing capability. I think it's a, it's a good comparison you made and how maybe Matt Nagy, the new head coach of the Bears, is going to utilize uh, Tariq Cohen because they have similar skill sets of what they're going to be asked to do on, on the field. And you got to believe Tariq Cohen is going to have, you know, stick with his due diligence, even though he's asked to do a lot of things to really perfect his craft. You can really tell he's got a sense uh, that he really wants to be great and finish what he started. Yeah, I mean, personally, uh, you know, talking to Kenyon Barner at the Super Bowl for Philadelphia, obviously from Mark Helfrich's program yeah. at Oregon, and the blend, that, that's what I'm excited about, how the creativity is going to be with Tariq Cohen, but also just running the football with him and Jordan Howard and whomever else uh, they choose to use the use the rock and run the rock with because at Oregon at Oregon rushing offense was number 2 in the Pac-12 last year and well over 3400 yards I believe it was so this is not some and, and you know Kansas City ran the ball so this will still be somewhat of importance here to run the football with Cohen and the Bears as we take some phone calls 312-644-6767 here on Bears All Access we'll go to Tom in Villa Park Tom Jeff and Tom, you two are the best in the business, and that's my opinion. I do not think I'm wrong. <laughs> that you. interview with Tariq Cohen, I was very impressed with his running capability, and I was wondering if they're going to limit his use in the in the special teams area so they doesn't get the, the you-know-what beat out of him because I think he's such an exciting runner. And with him and Jordan, I think it could be a real good duo. I'll hang up and listen for your answer. You guys are the best. Thank you very much, Tom. And Tom, you hey. you you mentioned something quick, and I'm going to set you up with this because you brought you know brought up the fact that you know you worry about them on special teams when you have a home run hitter because the whole key is when you have home run hitters you want those points, the points that come with it, the field position that comes with it. Before the season began, and you got to watch him aside from training camp, and he said he added ten more pounds on him. And it didn't, certainly didn't affect his speed or quickness. Were you were you at all concerned about him and his health? 
I, I always am on punt returns because I think that's when you can expose the biggest time, well-timed hit in special teams because you're going to make a decision on the kickoff return. You're either going to keep it in the end zone or you're going to have an organized blocking scheme and you can you can see the tacklers coming at you. So I always do have a little fear about Tariq Cohen um, in the punt return. But, Jeff, let's go back to the preseason because I remember in the preseason game we were talking to then special teams coordinator of the Cleveland Browns Chris Tabor and I asked him about Jabril Peppers the talented return man they drafted from Michigan and I said are you going to use him on special teams and he goes heck yeah he's one of our (laughs) best players I have to use him so is Chris Tabor bringing the same thinking to Tariq Cohen that you know Tom from Villa Park just brought up uh, concerns no, I think it's a good point because, well, you know, you look at guys, how they've bro- broken into the NFL and they've kind of been phased out in, in that area. What do, what do I mean by that? Say like Antonio Brown, he strictly started out as a returner uh, for the Steelers and then he explodes onto the scene as a receiver and they kind of minimize his opportunity to return. It's only kind of in a gotta-have-it situation where you put the player out there. When you need a play to be, to be had, yeah, why wouldn't you throw him back there? in the return game, but a lot of that will probably be dictated as his role expands in the Bears offense. You know, you think about the history of that offense, right? Who They just drafted Kareem Hunt, right? It's kind of a three-down back. You know, think of Andy Reid in Philadelphia. They always had Bryant Westbrook. Okay, these these are three-down backs, how they were utilized. Or Dorsey Levins and those type of players, or Amon Green, say from a Green Bay Packers. I think ultimately Matt Nagy wants a three-down back, and I think that'll carve itself out because obviously we know Jordan Howard's kind of the, the meat tenderizer, and then the third down back could be Tariq Cohen when he comes in uh, for his role. But he could be now utilized as a slot receiver in more areas. And so I think as his role expands in the Bears' offense and how Matt Nagy wants him to, to utilize him, then that maybe limit his, his ability in the return game where they don't want him to log so much where he takes that punishment. But if it's a got-to-have-it situation, heck yeah, throw that guy out there because you never know when he could potentially break one and return it for a touchdown if your team's down a score or something like that. Finished ninth in the league at 9.4 on his punt returns. Bears overall in due part to uh, Bryce Callahan's touchdown late in the season on the old okey-doke play uh, for the touchdown against the Vikings. It was the Vikings, right, Tom and Jim? Yeah, it was the Vikings. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they finished uh, third in the league in punt returns. So... You know, you got to utilize that field position. I certainly hope that he continues, and even more so than just the, uh, the got to have it plays. I hope he stays out there in the punt return game unless you find somebody better. You know, and if you do, then, I mean, you know, the key. change is, it up. Is you got to find somebody better. But, you know, you also have to think about the expansion of the offense into Mitchell Trubisky's second year. Um, and I, I second year as of NFL, first year in this offense, just like everybody else. But I think, you know, the more that you can expose Mitchell Trubisky to, the more fear you're going to put in the opponent's defensive coordinators because of his athleticism. But then you're also going to open up opportunities for all the position players that we see in Chicago that are have similar traits to the guys that have had success in Kansas City. And, Jim, you know, you were mentioning about uh, some of the guys that started out in their careers. Heck, I remember back to Adrian Peterson, that huge game against uh, Lovey Smith's defense when he went back there and returned a kick that, that was huge in that game. So you kind of missed those big names back there at the same time, too. I know well, you got to keep them healthy. 
Yeah, it's you know it's a shame because you know here the Bears have one of the greatest ever in Devin Hester, and then obviously the new safety rules and kickoffs and what they're moved to. It's kind of you know minimizing uh, uh, you know the third phase of football. Uh, let, let's be honest about that because think about it. That used to be the Bears were one team that invested in their returner. Or say uh, what the Cleveland Browns did. They invested in Joshua Cribs, and all of a sudden you got these new rules where it kind of pushed an area of focus that maybe you're going to put, allocate more money to some other areas of your team and not so much in the return game. We could th- go through some of the great returners in the NFL. Dante Hall. I mean, uh, how about Mel Gray? I mean, there's there's been some great ones. But that new Brian area Mitchell. of focus. Yeah, Mar- Brian Mitchell. That area of focus is kind of – uh, taken away uh, somewhat from from the return game. And so I just think, uh, again, as his role expands in offense, you don't want to subject him to, to too much. And what do I mean by that? Let's say, God forbid, Jordan Howard goes down and maybe more carries have to be allocated to Tariq Cohen. And he's still doing some stuff at wide receiver as well. He may want to back him off maybe a little bit on the special teams game because his reps and his his snaps are really going to increase uh, from an offensive standpoint if something like that unfolds in 2018. All right, we're going to step away. 312-644-6767. If you got something on your mind, Bears related here on Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Sign your child up for a fun, non-contact Chicago Bears youth football camp brought to you by Gatorade and Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit www.bearscamps.com to save $50 today. Welcome back to Bears All Access. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, as they talk Bears football. And fellas, 591, make that 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767, our phone number, but... One week from today, Combine Talk. Big Jim, you'll be nestled in uh, Indianapolis for about five days or yeah, six days, it, I'd imagine. Yeah, we, we'll get there. I'll actually get there next Tuesday, and we'll be there all, all the way through uh, Sunday. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun time a fun time of year. And obviously when you get to, uh, you know, get to know these guys a little bit, uncover, you know, certainly a lot of it is about the medicals and uh, the Bears' whole contingent will be down there. Uh, in order to get the medicals, uh, interviews are crucial. As really these coaches, it's their first time to get the really interviewing opportunities uh, with some of these players. The last opportunity was really at the East-West Shrine in, in the Senior Bowl. But, again, that's not the, all the 336 guys that will be down at the NFL Combine. Strictly, it was originally, you know, uh, designed just for the for the medicals, so the so NFL teams could share data. But now the the interviews and and certainly the workouts have become more of a focus as the combine continues to grow uh, every single year. It's it's a fun time of the year to dive into these players, though. Tom, what well, catches you, your you, eye? You know, it's the first real professional evaluation, Jeff, and you can read it in the in the eyes and the faces and the confidence of these young men that are going through the interview process to see if they really fit in the NFL. I remember going to the combine, and when back in my era, we had three separate combines we had to go to: one in Tampa, one in Seattle, and one in Detroit. And I remember being there with a guy from another big school, and he stepped on the scale, and he goes, "Man, I don't know if I belong here." And it's that immediate lack of confidence that you know, okay, I I got I have a better chance to succeed than this guy, and I think that's one of the things that NFL evaluators do at this point, is they're starting to 
determine your worth as a professional. You're no longer an innocent college kid. It's about what you're going to do for me in the future to earn your draft position. And um, for me, because it's everything I wanted to do in my life, it was probably the most exciting three individual combine opportunities that, that you would have as a senior in high school or a senior in college at that time. All right, let's go to the phone lines because uh, this topic is one we're going to talk for months about, and it's the receiver position. And, uh, you know, in terms of what you're seeing in the already the mock drafts, which, you know, are very premature, obviously, but at the constant change about the receiver position and who's going where and why. So Huntley and Rob, your question probably deals with, okay, how much – veteran influence you want to add and how much rookie experience you want yeah that's that's really the question because if they they're going to add rookie receivers from the draft that's for sure but you need another veteran receiver to help them succeed you know what i'm saying you know do you want to throw rookie receivers to number one coverage right away you know that, that's really the, the question i want to hear your guys thoughts on yeah, yeah, I do think they'll be in the free agent market for wide receivers again. We, you know, we've thrown out some of the names. Probably Jarvis Landry now is off the market. I would think is uh, is uh, the ta- or excuse me, the Miami Dolphins just placed the franchise tag on him. Potentially, you could trade for him, but I don't think the Bears want to give up any assets or players uh, to trade for Jarvis Landry, who also will come with a a big contract. I mean, minimum he was already offered or I should say the offer was out there for like $14.5 million a year. Now he's 16.2 under the franchise tag. Can you trade and work out a deal with him? I think would be difficult. Other guys we've talked about, Allen Robinson is out there. He's coming off an ACL. He's extremely talented uh, down there from Jacksonville. you got other guys, Sammy Watkins. Probably the Bears will do some research on him and where he's at. He also has health concerns. Ryan Pace may not want to go down that road again with some injured players. And we brought up Albert Wilson. Here's a guy who played and played well uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs a year ago. Here's a guy that Matt Nagy, the new head coach of the Bears, knows extremely well of what he can and cannot do. And then, of course, the draft. I, I do think it's, it's, it's more than one layer where the Bears really try to shore up that wide receiver position this offseason, the draft and free agency. You know, Jim and, and Jeff, I, I don't want to bring in a diva wide receiver to a football team that has a young coach, a young coordinator, a young quarterback, and that needs to develop a, a working class atmosphere around here that's going to get them to the Super Bowl. So if I have to sit here and beg a a wide receiver to come to my football team and then overpay him, and then I don't have the attitude I need out of him in order to get on the practice field and be a positive influence to every coach and person that that we just talked about. So, man, I, I need to investigate the dedication to the this player after you give him a big hunk of change. Well, you mentioned the word diva. You don't want that type of receiver coming in. What type would you want in free agency then? You know, um, to me, I- Jeff, you know, real real quick, Jim, um, for me is, mm-hmm. you know, I was really, you know, when the, it's going to rub people the wrong way, but the first year they brought in Brandon Marshall, I saw Brandon Marshall's commitment to the effort he gave in practice and how it spilled up to Alshon Jeffrey and the rest of the receivers we had around here. And he was a super positive player at that position to motivate those guys to work hard, gather them after practice to see what they need to work harder on, and then try to become an explosive group. So I want that guy, Jeff. I want that guy that's as determined to be a leader as much as he is to, you know, make a lot of catches throughout the season. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I think you just got to do your homework on some of these guys. Maybe, maybe you don't have to break the bank. You know, look at a guy who converted to wide receiver, played well for Cleveland a year ago, and it didn't really materialize his first year with the Washington Redskins. If you want a bigger receiver, I don't think you'd have to break the bank for Terrell Pryor. Hmm. How about Paul Richardson in terms of speed and straight line speed of Seattle? And that guy's not a diva. I think everybody has seen those uh, receivers out at Seattle. Those guys get after it. Uh, not only him, Doug Baldwin, they, those guys work hard. And I think Paul Richardson is a guy who, if you're looking for speed, which we know Nagy in that offense, that's what they tried to build down there in Kansas City. I would think guys like Paul uh, Paul Richardson is probably a guy on their list that they're looking at. But, again, it's got to be at the at the right price and what the Bears are willing to pay to bring in. And these are both young players. They're both under 30. I mean, Paul Richardson's only 25, and I think Terrell Pryor just turned like 28. So they're young. They're talented guys that probably, you know, their best football is still yet ahead of them. Right, and yeah, he's an acrobat too, Richardson, or that John yep. Brown. You let me want some speed from the Cardinals. But I, I, at a minimum, if I'm going to entertain a veteran receiver, they got to be in that 24, 25, 26-year-old range. I don't really want to go any older than that. Yeah. Now, I know you I can't always do that. Would you would you ever evaluate the quarterback that the player's coming from? You have Say to. you have a guy that you're looking at and you have a stationary quarterback that's kind of a standstill passer. Or you have a guy, like you talk about Richardson, who comes from a quarterback like Russell Wilson, that there's more similarities in the, in the traits of these are Mitchell and, and Russell. So are you going to look at the quarterback they came from when you're determining well, a possible free agent. Yeah, that scheme, how they were used in it, were they not used because they didn't have the skill set that actually fit and all that, and if you can transfer that to the, to the new system that they plan on using, which we really don't know exactly exactly what it's going to look like. We can guess because of where they came from, but you never nearly know. Let's squeeze in another phone call here before we take a break to Elgin, and Elliot wants to talk a little defense. Good evening. Hi, guys. Uh, in your assessment, do you think the defense is a couple uh, – Blue chipper, uh, blue, chip, blue chip additions away from being a uh, top five elite defense, or would that be uh, overrating the current crew a little bit? Great question. Yeah, I think if, if you get guys like Jonathan Buller to play up to his level and Eddie Goldman to play up to his level and the continued um, progression of Nick Kwiatkowski and you know make sure that Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson have the season that they just have and then make a decision about Kyle Fuller. If you're talking, if you could add five players to this defense um, in, an, in an important role, yeah, you can become a top five defense. I, I think Vic Fangio has that skill in him, but I think as much as you need new guys to come in and assist at some positions, you need some guys on the roster to grow up and play their best football. Yeah, their their depth is a lot better when you look at the Bears and what Vic Fangio has built, but I'm I'm with Tom. You still, you know, you may need a corner or two, when it's all said and done, depending on what happens with Kyle Fuller, because you got to believe they're probably moving on from Prince of Mukamara and some other players potentially. Uh, so I think the back end is going to be crucial in terms of coverage. And like you said, the young players up front, if they continue to develop, Eddie Goldman taking another step, Jonathan Bullard uh, taking another step, how healthy is uh, Pernell McPhee? Um, from his standpoint, is he going to be able to play? Is he going to be healthy? Those type of things. So, and obviously, uh, the young pass rushers need to continue to develop uh, for the Chicago Bears. But I'm with Tom. This this defense definitely could be a top ten defense. I, I like the nucleus of the group definitely. I love the idea of a blue chip. They're hard to find. Obviously, rushing the passer and hopefully at corner. They're loaded with corner in the draft. It appears so. 
you know, maybe you can find somebody that's going to become a pro bowler in a, a short term rather than a long term uh, situation if you're drafting those guys high in the upcoming draft. All right, let's take a break. We'll continue with Tom Thayer and Jim Miller here on Bears All Access after this break on Chicago's Sports Radio 670 The Score. Got the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Jeff Joniak along with Tom Thayer. Jim Miller on Bears All Access. Shane Reardon helping us out as well tonight. Spin of the dials. And if you have any phone uh, calls, you want to make a call here, 312-644-6767. Anything you want to talk about regarding the Bears, we start in Romeoville, fellas, for Norm. Good evening, Norm. How are you? Hey, good. How are you guys? Fantastic. Uh, I just have a question about the offensive line. I mean, we got rid of Josh Sitton, so you see the Bears keeping Cody Whitehair at center or moving him? Because I think he's he's a great center. And I'll hang up and listen to your answer. Right, Norm, thanks, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you that Cody is a great center, but um, you know, I think the unique thing for Harry Heastead, the new offensive line coach, he's going to have to devise uh, the. He's going to have to put the players in position that best fits them. And I think when you talk about Cody, and it seems like we talk about him every week, and that he's got the special talents to play where the ne- the Bears will need him the most. It would be nice to just put him at one position and say, Cody, for the rest of your career, you're going to stay there and develop. But on Unfortunately, because of the amount of injuries and how they can come in within one play, Cody's got the versatility to move in and up and up and down the line of scrimmage. Fortunately, Hironis Grisou had a healthy season that was able to come in and, and play some center. But, Norm, I, I think there's any player in the NFL that if you could keep him at one position, you're ultimately going to get the best out of him. Big Jim? Big Jim? Well, when you look at it, too, I think uh, – I'm, I'm with you on Cody. He provides that position flexibility. But, you know, I just look, to me, there's going to be some expensive guards that are out there. You know, obviously, Andrew Norwell is probably uh, going to be the pri- highest-priced guard that's out there. Now, you know, maybe a guy like Dave Gettleman of uh, the Giants, they got offensive line issues. He knows Andrew Norwell uh, well. Maybe that's a guy that, that he'd go after. And I think you look at the draft. There's some good guards and centers uh, in this upcoming draft. You know, so what ultimately, if, if the Bears do their research and, and kind of tag their guy, you know, get to know this Isaiah Wynn kid. He's a, he's a Georgia guard. He's absolutely fantastic. And everybody uh, speaks highly of the, the Notre Dame product. I still got to do more work on him. But there's good centers uh, in this year's draft, you know, as well. So that could be an, an area of, uh, targeted by the Chicago Bears as well. The Iowa uh, center, I think he's uh, slated to go in the, in the second round is where he's graded out at. So there's a good group. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's it's a, a, a fantastically deep group of offensive linemen, but there are some guys that definitely would fit with what the Bears are trying to do if they look towards the draft to address that area. You know, one thing, too, is, you know, they did draft George, is it Jordan Morgan they drafted yeah. last year? Mm-hmm. Okay, from Coonstown State, who has experience playing left tackle, but they did move him inside to guard throughout training camp. And so he's a, he's a guy that we really don't know a lot about, a draft choice from last season. So it's going to be interesting to see if OTAs, is he plugged in one into one of the first couple offensive line groups, or is he still fighting his way back to earn the respect of, Harry Heastead, the new offensive line coach, and you know how is he going to fit into the battle? Because you you do have to put him in the middle of this mix, um, and we've got a little exposure to him in training camp last year. Tom, many are jumping to conclusions because of Harry and, and his Notre Dame connection. 
uh, to the guard at Notre Dame, um, Quentin and did, Quentin did you, Nelson. Yeah, Quentin yeah. Nelson. Thoughts on him when you were watching ND? He's, um, a, big he's a big power. Yeah, he's a big, poor, powerful point of attack interior offensive lineman. Uh, he's a first-day starter. I think, you know, Notre Dame has got a lot of recognition for their interior offensive lineman because of Zach, Mill- Zach Martin and his accomplishments down at Dallas immediately, how he was one of the reasons that offensive line went from porous to powerful, and I think that's the same trait that you have with the, these Notre Dame offensive linemen that are coming out this year. And you have to understand, too, is the, the faster that you can learn the system, the more that you're going to be able to be inside that lineup and, and offering your talents to that group. And that's one of the, I think, unique qualities of, of uh, that offensive guard from Notre Dame. He's a, he's a quick learner, and I think by the time you feed him the information through OTAs, getting ready for training camp, he will be up the speed in his assignments. He's listed at 6'5", 330. Mm. Um, guard center, you could look at Billy Jim? Price. Is that uh, it? He's, he is huge. I mean, that guy <laughs> is absolutely a monster. But Billy Price out of Ohio State. Ohio State offensive linemen, to me, have been better as of late. You think of Taylor Decker. Even Corey Lindsley, he was a center uh, taken by the Green Bay Packers, who has served them well. But Billy Price is probably one of the higher-ranked uh, centers out of Ohio State. I brought up uh, James Daniels. He's a uh, center from Iowa. Uh, probably can get him in the in the second, potentially third round. But he's a good player as well. No, he's well coached under Kirk Ferentz. And I like two guys that I saw at the Senior Bowl. Will Hernandez is a UTEP offensive lineman. He was really impressive. Isaiah Wynn, who I mentioned from Georgia, I'm looking at a publication that has him in the third round. No way. That guy is going way higher uh, than the third round, probably a minimum first or second round when you look at the big guard uh, from Georgia. 312-644-6767 here on Bears All Access. Let's go to Joliet, Tom's stomping grounds, and say hello to Pete. Good evening, Pete. Hi, guys. How you doing this evening? Great. Uh, my quick question is that you mentioned uh, Pernell McPhee earlier, and what's the chances of him even being on the team? Well, we don't know. I mean, obviously yeah. those uh, de- decisions are have yet to be made. They'll probably, you know, obviously Ryan Pace and the coaching staff, they go over the whole roster, who's who's going to fit into the system, how healthy uh, certain guys are. And, and for Pernell, that has been a struggle. That has been a struggle for him. They had high hopes, uh, and would, I think everybody did, because he provides an attitude. And when he's out in the field, the de- the presence of Pernell McPhee is is definitely felt. But you know, it's just how healthy is he? It's been a knee, it's been a shoulder. He's had he's had an injury history. It is you just wonder uh, how he factors into the Bears' plans. You know, Jeff, when you think, or Jim and Jeff, when you think about that position, Pernell McPhee, Willie Young, and Leonard Floyd, each one of these guys have question marks surrounding them. So you think of the impact that they have at that position, the leadership in the locker room, and Willie Young has been a great example of he is a, he prepares hard, he practices hard, he has a lot of fun on the field. So I think it's it's kind of narrow my if we if we don't focus about the entirety of the position, not just yeah. Pernell McPhee, but how that entire position is going to factor out, and you have to have a. You have to have a Pro Bowl type season on a Leonard Floyd this year, really, to get the most out of his abilities and where everybody hoped he would be at this point in his career. And you know, guys can't do that themselves. Obviously, if he can command some double teams, great. It opens up for somebody else. But another pass rusher that has great skill at causing disruption at the quarterback position would certainly help Leonard Floyd, and vice versa. So hopefully, that'll be something that we see coming here in 2018. We're going to take another break here on Bears All Access. Step away, take your phone calls when we come back. 312 644 6767. 
here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller here on Bears All Access, our final segment of the evening. And this week on Inside the Bears, uh, Cam Meredith, surprising patients at Advocate Christ Medical Center in Oak Lawn. I sit down with defensive coordinator Vic Fangio and his return to the Bears. Inside the Bears airs Saturday at 6 p.m. on CDW 50 Chicago. And I should say CW 50 Chicago. And Sundays at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch this show online as well. Appreciate you here tonight. A uh, couple questions for you guys uh, before we um, maybe take some more phone calls. Again, 312-644-6767 because it is now time to make decisions on tagging players with the franchise tag or the transition tag. Kyle Fuller's name has been prominent. You're reading about it. You're hearing about it. You're seeing it on Twitter. Everybody's got an opinion. What are yours? For me personally, I, you know, the Alshon Jeffrey left the bad taste in my mouth and the way that all went down with the franchise tag and then letting him go to another team. Um, to me, I, I I like Kyle Fuller. I look I like what he represents. I understand he, he missed a year due to an injury, but he I think he was the most aggressive, best tackling cornerback the Bears that had last year. And, and maybe do you want to start a new trend of really trying to sign your own draft choices and to keep them inside in the mix? Um, so for what the Bears were able to develop throughout the season with the uncertainty of the defensive backfield last year, I, I would like to see to get a contract down with Kyle instead of a franchise tag. Yeah, I, I, I just don't think the Bears will go the franchise route. I think that, you know, they would like to have him back. Again, I think, you know, we'll see what offer is made, and if it's an offer he's willing to accept, what could he get out there on the open market? And maybe, you know, even for for Kyle Fuller, if he goes out there and experiences free agency and, and doesn't like what he hears or doesn't think that will fit into a system like what he played last year uh, for the Chicago Bears, he may want to return to Vic Fangio's system. It sounded like they had a good heart-to-heart over over last summer, and Kyle Fuller really came back focused and, and played a really good football. And, and certainly he's going to get a pay raise. Or, there's no doubt about that. Um, but the, the Bears have plenty of money to spend in free agency. I think they're upwards of, of $51 million. I think they'll be able to clear up even more space uh, moving forward here as it becomes the business season. And maybe, maybe Kyle Fuller may just be returning to the Chicago Bears if the right offer is placed out to him, and we'll see if he wants to come back. And they have guys out of contract at that position, so they're going to have yeah. to consider also a little bit of both, either spending in their own way on their team for, for a guy like Kyle, looking at a free agent, and also in the draft. And, Jim, you've got a, a real good feel for the draft at the moment. There seems to be an abundance of very good first three rounds, maybe more cornerbacks that you can bring into your system and maybe play pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, obviously Alabama always factors into the mix with what they have for, for players that are out there. But, yeah, this is a really good cornerback class. You know, it was interesting at the Senior Bowl because uh, uh, Phil – or or what else should I say? Um, uh, Phil uh, – Savage? Phil Savage, excuse me. I was thinking about something else. But Phil Savage, you know, he, he always – he was thinking outside the box. And, again, it's what teams – 
want him to bring there, what they want him to showcase. And again, it's it's the bigger corners uh, that are out there. So there's a group of big bigger corners because that's kind of been the trend in the National Football League. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's a good group uh, that is coming out this year in this year's draft, and I think the Bears will have ample opportunity if they were to go the draft route again. You know, I think everybody is you know likes what Eddie Jackson, who is a fourth round pick, what he played himself into. Last year, I thought Adrian Amos uh, responded as well. Bounced back, uh, obviously, from him being drafted at Penn State, earned the starting role at the end of the year, and he and Eddie Jackson were a solid tandem. Now, if they can go out and maybe draft another young corner and see what they can develop him into, because I, I got to believe Vic Fangio is definitely thinking uh, the bigger corners could be a good fit and why Kyle played so well last year. Hey, I have a question for you guys. Did Kendall Fuller jump teams this year? Yeah, he got He's traded chief. to Kansas City. Okay. All right, here's my conspiracy theory in the NFL. <laughs> does Kendall and Kyle does does Kendall and Kyle have the same agent? And if so, does that agent go out and explore opportunities for the brother? Now some of those opportunities might fall into the into the lap of Kyle. So it's just kind of like outside the box thinking when you have two brothers playing the same position that are, you know, investigating opportunities around the league. Well, if and, Kansas um, City's ready to move on from Marcus Peters, uh, you know, maybe, you know, Jim, as long as I've known this guy, at least three times a week, he comes up with a conspiracy theory in the National Football League. It could be just about anything. Well, then they're play- they're doing a good job of keeping uh, Kyle Fuller's now, uh, uh, you know, price down because they already signed David Amerson too. True. <laughs> so Kansas City's already signed two corners here for one via the trade and just signed David Amerson uh, from uh, uh, the Oakland Raiders as well. So you know, uh, again, I think there'll be a market out there for Kyle, but Kansas City already doing some quick work. And you know, if they do move on from Marcus Peters, I'm not saying that they wouldn't. Uh, you know, be interested in free agency or just go via the draft route again as it will be a pretty deep class at the cornerback position. And you may hear from me about this consistently. I know there is a ton of cap room and it's going to grow, but I don't know how you guys feel about this. I just don't want this to be fantasy football and everybody thinking, okay, they're just going to have the money, so spend it on whomever and whatever. I I just don't don't love free agency. Now, I'm not saying you ignore it. Certainly you can't, but I don't know how you guys feel about it, Tom. I'm not taking the chance with anybody in free agency. I want them to have a bona fide opportunity to make the Chicago Bears a more successful organization, a better team, and start competing for divisional championships. And I think going out there to spend money by taking a chance, um, unfortunately, I think all around the landscape of the NFL, there's too many bad examples of that. Um, well, I, I definitely I, – I don't like the, the, the tag route. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I think it, it, it sometimes it just it handcuffs your team. If it's a one year fix, I get it where you feel you have to do it. But look at Redskins, what they just did went through with the Kirk Cousins uh, situation. Pittsburgh's kind of going through it with Le'Veon Belt. They have no cap money to even spend. Mm-hmm. And they just gave him a $14.5 million, uh, you know, franchise tag. I think teams that, that, Move away from the tag. I'm not saying it's not a tool that can't be utilized, but New England Patriots, have you ever seen them tag a player? Ever? If it is, it's always their kicker. <laughs> yeah, the it's their kicker. kicker, which is the lowest tag in all of football. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I just think it, you know, you can really, you know, Detroit went through it with Ndama Kinsu. I mean, it's put them in salary cap purgatory, and even the Dolphins right now tagging oh, yeah. um, Jarvis Landry. 
they don't have the cap space. They're eight million dollars over the cap right now. Mm-hmm. So he may not be a Miami Dolphin. He may still be available. But why they what they did is just put a for sale sign on him that maybe they can get uh, compensation via trade for Jarvis Landry. Hey, as uh, as Bears players, a uh, little shout out to the healing Doug Plank. How about it, fellas? Uh, the guy was a monster back there. Everybody loved him, uh, but. He had a little bit of a car accident, so he suffered some injuries, broken bones. I guess he's doing okay. I had a talk with Brian Bashnagel and um, Mongo at the National Football Foundation this week, and it was entertaining to hear him. And it brought up a bunch of stories about the uh, friendly fire from Doug Plank, Tom, and Jim at the safety position. At practice. Felt it or feared it has never played offensive football. (laughs) Both both i'll tell you that but uh good good best wishes to doug plank uh he's been real good to us over the years and uh, get healthy soon big fella already 64 years old doug plank there's a lot of bears fans out there love that guy all right that's gonna wrap us up tonight for jim miller tom thayer Tariq cohen our guest also to our producer tonight shane reardon we appreciate everybody's time tonight we'll talk to you next week here on bears all access on chicago sports radio 670 the school Thanks for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Chicago Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, FanDuel, and PNC.